listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. But now, it's time for this week's interview. Here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. My guest on this week's podcast is children's author, Abiola Bello. Now, Abiola wrote her debut novel, Emily Knight I Am, at the age of, wait for it, 12. The book was independently published via Trafford Publishing, and it's the first story in a planned series. Now, Abiola is one of the few authors to self-publish a book and then sign to a literary agent, and she'll be telling us all about that journey in our chat today. Oh, by the way, she also co-founded The Author School with Helen Lewis, and Helen, if you remember, was a previous guest on this podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Abiola. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I don't know where to start with oh. this. You know, <laughs> I'll let you into a secret. I, I wrote my first story. Yeah. It was called Mr. Plum and Mr. Apple, <laughs> and it... <laughs> When I, when I was nine, oh I've, still got, I've still got the penguin rejection letter so to, to, to prove it. So did you start, was 12 when you started or had you started scribbling before then? I mean, I started writing when I was about eight because um, I used to just write all the time and I would just write stories for fun. I was a big fan of um, the Babysitter's Club oh, by yeah, Anna yeah, Martin. Yeah. So I used to just do my own version of all my friends. If I was mad at you that day, then you probably didn't have a good story or whatever. And then I started watching a lot of, like, wrestling when I was a kid, like WWE, and watching lots of anime and reading comic books. And I guess I got influenced by that because then I got really into fantasy. And then I came up with the idea of Emily because I don't really know how Emily even came about. I think because I just wanted a girl character to just fight as good as a boy. And I enjoyed watching, you know, things like Dragon Ball Z or watching like X-Men. And I kind of wanted to read something like that that wasn't a comic book, just like a book. And that's why I wrote it. Yeah. You're a bit ahead of your time there because <laughs> you, you were writing fan fiction. That was fan fiction, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually. I don't know what I was up to. I was just the oddest kid, honestly. I was so weird. <laughs> Well, it's worked out well. So uh, what, I, what I'm interested to know, though, is, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, you're a little bit older than 12 now. <laughs> are you, you're in your 20s, are you? Yeah, I'm 27 now. 27 yeah. now. Okay, so 12 to 27. Okay, what happened in between? Well, when I was in year seven, I was in an English class. I remember we had to do, like, a, a short story assignment. And part of it was we had to kind of talk about what we wanted to be in the future, but we could, like, exaggerate it and whatever. And then my teacher called me after class and she was just like, have you ever thought about being a writer? And I was just like, is that like a real thing? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, all those books you read all the time. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, you know, people get paid for that. And to be honest with you, no one had ever told me that before. My family wanted me, well, my mum wanted me to be a lawyer or a tennis player because she's obsessed with tennis. And I was really sporty. So I never really thought about being a writer. And as soon as she said that, I thought, oh, my gosh, that makes so much more sense. And so I just kept writing. I started letting a few of my friends read my stories just to get some feedback. And then I was determined that when I got into university, I would do creative writing, which I did do. Um, unfortunately, I didn't enjoy my university, so I didn't end up staying. But the great thing about the university was I did a course called Writing for Children in my second year. And I met this amazing children's editor I think she's from New York called Laura Atkins and she just seemed to really enjoy my work and I'd given in Emily as an example of my work when we had to do assignments and she was just like I really enjoyed this so we spoke about it and she said you know I want to like critique your book and I was like okay great so I gave it to her and I <laughs> I remember she just had like this long list of things that I had to change. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is a lot. And there was a few nice things. The rest of it was like really negative. And she was like, I hope you're not disheartened. And I was like, no, this is good because I've never had like proper feedback like this. So I don't really know where I'm going wrong with certain things. And um, at the time when she had critiqued it, it's when like Harry Potter had already come out and all these fantasy things. I remember there was a show called Heroes that came out. 
Yeah, that, yeah, it was amazing, Heroes. But the problem was that certain things I had in my book were similar. And because they were already out there, I had to change my things. And um, one of the big changes Laura made to my book was making Emily black because she wasn't. She was white originally. And um, she said to me that she felt my book was kind of like a risk, risk take a bit, you know, it broke boundaries a bit. And she said, you know, if you're going to do it, like really just go for it. But I didn't really feel like that's what I was doing. That wasn't like my aim in life kind of thing. And then she said, why don't you make Emily black? And I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Because I thought that would make it like a black book. God, I don't even remember Borders Bookstore. Mm-hmm. But they had this section and it was like a black book section. And it was literally just books written by black people about black people. And I remember going through that aisle when I'd finished school. And I'd always say, like, I really don't want my book to be here. I just want it to be a children's book with the other children's books I don't want it to be put in a box and I felt if I had made her black it would then put her in a box um so I had to really think about that a lot but then I felt like there aren't really a lot of books that are diverse and it would be good to have someone like me as a lead character and I never thought of doing that as well because I'd never read books that had a black person as a lead character so then I made that change and then it kind of affected parts of the book and suddenly I was like oh Emily's meant to have a brother and all these other things came into play and then I started my journey of trying to get self-published sorry not trying to get self-published trying to get an agent sorry when I was about maybe 80 and um, I've got some rejection letters still that I've saved (laughs) that were really (laughs) nice actually I remember I got one from Christopher Little agency and it was like a really nice rejection letter which is really good but um, I started sending it out some of them you know I don't think it even reached them because I didn't go to the post office and weigh the the letter the postage was wrong so things get sent back to me and I'd be like why is it being sent back I just you know I just didn't understand and I did that for a good few years I got some responses but it felt like it just never seemed to materialize into anything concrete and so when I was 20, 23, I was just like, I am sick of doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. And I started researching how else could I get my book out there. So then I came across self-publishing. And to be honest, I didn't like the idea of self-publishing because I thought it meant I failed. Because at that time, self-publishing was kind of getting recognized, but it was still a bit you know, people seemed a bit like, oh, if you self-published, that means, like, you're crap. It just seemed to have these really negative connotations to it. So I was a little bit like, I really don't want to do this. But it got to a point where I just got so frustrated. I just thought, I'm just going to do it myself. So I did some research into companies. For some reason at the time, I couldn't really find any UK companies that I that stood out for me. Um, so then I thought, okay, if I go with an American company, it's in dollars, so it'll be cheaper. That was my only reason behind it. <laughs> so I started researching American, and then I would talk to them on the phone. And to me, I mean, no disrespect, but to me, they just sounded like they weren't real people. And I just thought, is this is a scam. Are they going to like steal my money? And I, I just didn't know what to do. And it was really difficult because I didn't really know a lot of people in the industry. I didn't know if like this was a legit company or not. And then when it got towards Christmas of that year I just thought I'm just gonna do it so then I signed with Trafford I got the ball rolling they were actually amazing I think they kind of went above and beyond and they really helped me a lot so that was great and then when it came to my cover up again I didn't really know how to get an illustrator I didn't know how much they cost I didn't know that it had to be a certain resolution so I'd originally got my friend to um do it for me because I knew her from secondary school and you know when you're a kid you're like when I do my book you can be my cover artist you make these stupid promises when you're a kid and um, she was great she did a great cover but it just wasn't what I wanted and I found it really hard to kind of explain what was in my head to her um so when she was sending me the cover art, I was like this is great but it isn't what I want and I really really wanted this illustrator called Giles Greenfield who did the Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire cover to do my cover for me because that's like my favorite cover I think it's amazing and um I just thought how am I going to get this guy to do it he's not going to care and I just like googled him I sent him an email and I just said hey like 
she want to do my cover? <laughs> and then he like responded within 10 minutes. He's like, yeah, I'll do your cover. Should we have a chat? And then we had, You're kidding. He was like, You're ridiculous. And then we had this long chat and then he was telling me a lot about the whole Harry Potter experience and stuff. And he wanted to do it because I think because I was young, he kind of wanted to help me in that way. And I think also because my character was black, he said he'd never done a character that was an ethnic minority before. So he wanted to challenge himself. So I was like, okay, great. And he was, he was brilliant. I mean, the artwork, the original artwork, I really wish I took a picture of it, but it was like the best thing I've ever seen. And um, we got that done. I organized my launch party. The book sold well. And then I started just doing like my own PR. You know, I didn't think I could afford PR. Um, I, there was this company, I think they've closed down now, but they were called Brit Writers. And I had contacted them to have my book on their website as like the book of the week or whatever it was. And um, I did that. And then I got an email from them and they were like, oh, um, your book looks really interesting. Can you send us more information? I was like, yeah, sure. And then their CEO was like, emailed me. He was just saying that he really thought the book sounded great. He liked the fact that it was like an ethnic minority. He was like, can we meet? And I was like, oh, okay. So I met up with him. He was really cool. And then they were like, can we do an interview for our website? I was like, sure. Then they were like, can you blog for us? And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then they had like a Brit Writers Award ceremony in like November. So they were like, do you want to come and join in? Do you want to like have a table for your books? And uh, the theme was, um, I think the theme was like fantasy or something like that. So because I danced, they were like, do you have a group of like dancers that maybe want to do like an opening to the award ceremony and I was like yeah sure so I knew these kids and we did like a twilight kind of themed uh dance piece for the opening and um my friend she was like watching over the books while I went inside the ceremony and then that's where she met Helen Helen Lewis and Helen thought she was a PR because my friend's a really good talker <laughs> and then <laughs> she was just saying you know who do you work for my friend was like oh no I'm a charity worker blah blah, blah. and she's like who does the PR for this book and she was like oh she does it herself so Helen gave her her business card and said, can you tell her to contact me? So then um, probably the next day I contacted Helen and I just was very honest. I said, look, I don't have really a lot of money. So I don't know if, like how much you charge, but I probably can't afford you. <laughs> and Helen was like, look, we can work it out together. I'm very flexible. So in January we worked it out and then she'd done this um, PR campaign for me. And honestly, I think that just changed everything. I got amazing press. I got amazing interviews, reviews from it. My book even got into the hands of CBBC and they were saying they wanted to do like a, an adaption of it. But Wow, that's exciting. I know, it's it? so cool. Yeah. But at the time, I think because my book had powers, they didn't have like the facilities to make it look um, as realistic <laughs> as it should. <laughs> the special effects wouldn't stretch yeah, to it. <laughs> the special effects weren't really tough, I don't think. So that didn't happen, but it was, it was really cool. And, you know, I'll definitely approach them again. And, um, after that, Helen said to me, do you want to come to the London Book Fair? And I was like, no, I don't want to go to the London Book Fair. And she was explaining what it's about. I just thought, what am I going to do there? It just sounds like there's too much going on. And then she kept asking me, and I thought, you know, maybe I should go and just promote my book. I didn't really know what I was going to do there, to be honest. So I went along. I found the whole thing completely intimidating. There was just way too many people. I didn't know who to talk to. It was just... Very posh, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. I just felt really out of my depth. Um, A lot of the publishers... I mean, I didn't know there was, like, this protocol with the publishers. I didn't know you had to, like, book an appointment. I didn't know you just just couldn't go up to HarperCollins and be like, hey, can I talk to you about my book? I had no idea. So I found it really intimidating. But what came out of that was um, they had a directory from A to Z of... um, everyone that was going to be at the fair and Helen said to me I want you to send a message to all of the agents and request a meeting and go on their submission page and submit and by this time I'm like I self-published my book I don't need an agent anymore blah 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 so I was like okay cool I'll do it so I started doing it I probably got up to like letter K and I stopped I couldn't bother anymore and it's like Helen had like a sixth sense I don't know but she was like have you stopped doing it and I was like no 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 I haven't so I carried on and then I got two agents got back in touch with me. And, you know, I'd been at the stage before, so I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't that excited. And they were like, can we read your book? I was like, yeah, sure. Didn't really think much of it. I didn't hear from them for a few weeks. And then 
one got back to me and they were like, this sounds great. Can we meet? And I was like, what? Like, what does that mean? So I remember Googling, what does it mean if an agent wants to meet with you? And I was so nervous. And then I got signed to Raymond Dean Campbell Literary Agency. And it just seemed to happen so quickly. It was, it was insane. And then, right, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want oh, to stop you. Oh, I want yeah. to stop you there because there's loads of stuff. There. Oh. Okay. We're only halfway through, I know. Right, look, I want to probe some of that because okay. you, you've said lots of things okay. and I just want to dig a little deeper right, if we cool, can. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go right right back to the beginning. Okay. So I'm just going to ask you some short questions about what you've been talking about. So number one, yeah. did you have to pay for the book cover? Or did you get it? Was it was it free? No, did you I have... paid for the book cover. I think I paid in like instalment because mm-hmm. I was so excited that he was going to do my book for me. I'd even ask him how much it would be. <laughs> you weren't on JK Rowling rates, were you? No, no, no. He knew I was like 23. I didn't know what I was doing. But he gave me a good price. And he was like, you know, you can do whatever you want with the cover art. And he was just really lovely. Really, really lovely guy. Yeah. That's brilliant, isn't yeah. it? The other thing you told me is you said you did a launch party. Yeah. Now, I want to know about this because this is, you know, we're doing this for... <laughs> authors who, who won't know about this okay. what what was what and i've not talked to anybody who's talked to me about a launch party okay, yet so, so what did that involve what did you do so i decided to do a launch party just to get my book out there i wanted to get some press to come down i didn't really know how to get press i just kind of sent emails i called up like my local paper and stuff like that i mean to be honest someone was really interested to be honest with you <laughs> um i've got a few friends that have like either like you know, in the music industry or acting, who've kind of got a bit of name for themselves. Unfortunately, they weren't available on the day because I thought they might attract some press to come, but they weren't available. Um, so what I did first was I had to find a venue. Um, again, you know, I was working in retail. I was on a retail wage. <laughs> so I didn't have a little spare money. Um, so what I thought to do was I grew up in this youth club. And that's why I learned to dance and started teaching dance. So I thought maybe I can hire out one of their rooms and just kind of redecorate it for the day. So I got like a discounted rate because, you know, I'd worked for them before and I knew the person who ran the youth club. And then I can't remember what happened, but they cancelled my original date. And I'm not sure why that was. So it was meant to be in July, but then it got moved to September. So that was a bit of an annoying process. So I had to book the venue. I invited some friends and family. I kept it quite um, narrow. I didn't want I didn't want masses of people there, to be honest. Um, I was in a dance crew at the time, and they had this piece that was kind of like a warrior kind of dance piece. I thought that would be really cool to have that perform. I knew these kids as well, and I thought they were going to come. I thought, you might as well dance while you're here. You might as well work a little bit, you know. So I'm <laughs> doing that. Um, my friend's mum is a celebrity florist, and she was like, I'll bring lots of flowers and stuff. And she was amazing. She literally, like, redecorated the room. She had, like, lots of, um like, white material that she hung up on the wall. She had, like, these purple and pink flowers everywhere these fancy bosses like it just looked really lovely like, she did an amazing job with that um my friend <laughs> my friend's a fashion designer and she was like can I design you like a dress for the event you know in that time you're just so excited you're like yeah design me a dress and oh, oh gosh on the night it just went so wrong the dress didn't fit it was too big <laughs> I put it on before I left And it didn't feel right, but the taxi was there and me and my friend just got in. And I was like, I feel like this dress is a bit too big, but I don't know how because I feel like we just like tried it on the other day or the other week. Maybe the stress made me like lose weight. I'm not sure. And I got there and my friend was like, oh no, you can't wear this dress. It's like hanging off you. (laughs) Then my friend's mom, who was the florist, she was like, do you have like another outfit at home? And I was like, yeah, I think I just recently brought like the skirt from somewhere. So she was like, okay, I'm going to drive you home we literally had about 20 minutes for the launch party was going to start so she literally drove me home thank god i didn't live that far i changed my family were just leaving they were like what are you doing here i was like i can't talk to you right now (laughs) got back in the car came back so at least that worked out for me um i had to order a batch of books from trafford because trafford are american they sent it by i think it was via ups the books went missing Oh, no. Oh, gosh. The books went missing. I was trying to track it. It was just, it was a mess. They eventually did come, but it was just so stressful. Then I was thinking, do we need food at the event? The event was only going to be like two hours. I didn't really want 
like you know chicken and rice and all this you know that typical stuff there and then my mum was like you know why don't we go subway get some like platters and stuff like that I was like cool on the actual day of the event everything was running so smoothly it was so calm I was like oh my gosh this is like going so well today as soon as it was like an hour before it was time for me to go it just all was going wrong it was just it was just so stressful and then my friend's dad is a DJ so he was like I'll DJ for you for free so that was amazing and I had said in the invitation for people to dress well (laughs) because I just know dancers and the way dancers dress is just very 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 casual and I was thinking about the pictures and I wanted it to look nice you know and a lot of them unfortunately did not come (laughs) like they were going to an event which is a little bit frustrating some pictures I just haven't used because it just look it doesn't look like it's a party so that was a little bit irritating and then some people brought a lot of plus ones but like plus sevens kind of thing oh no yeah it's a bit like okay what's going on here and then some people had prepaid for the book so I had them reserved on like the side of the table and I had some people running the table and then I had loads of people come up to me being like oh I paid for a book but they said they sold out of the books so basically they had resold the <laughs> paid for books so oh, no. yeah that was yeah that was a bit stressful but overall it was amazing like I'd, you'd be really surprised how many people you know would be willing to step up and help you out you know my other friend was had a camera she had a professional camera she was taking pictures for me Another friend, she was doing, I think, an internship for the BBC and she worked for this company and they wanted to film the launch party as well. I mean, it it was so good. It was a really great night. It was stressful, but it went very quickly. I think the part I was the most nervous about was when I had to do a reading. I was like shaking. Like it was it was awful. I was like really like shaking like really badly. But, you know, to be honest with you, if I can do it on like such a limited budget. I think anyone could do it. I want to ask you about that because what, what's really struck me so far in our conversation is that you are a real fixer. And by your own admission, you don't, you're not rolling in the money. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're fixing this on a budget. And a lot of people, a lot of people would use that as a barrier. Yeah. You, but you don't see that as a barrier. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough. Um, I mean, to be totally honest with you, if I could go back in time and redo the launch party, like at the age I am now with the money I have now, you know, I'm sure it'd be a million times better. But I think to be honest with you, when there's a will, there's a way. It, you can do it. You've just got to maybe not lower your expectations, but just adjust your expectations. You might not get that amazing bar you wanted, but, you know, you'd be surprised that, you know, a library will let you have the space for free. And you can do a That's water a good party tip. there, you yeah. know, or like an independent bookstore will let you have it there. I know Waterstones, um, if, if your book is stocked in their bookstores, they let you host it in their bookstores for free. So there are definitely ways. I would say ask people you know and just see what services they can offer. Even if it's someone just being on the door and ticking off names so you don't get like some strays trying to come in the party to eat <laughs> food. Or even with someone just to go collect the food for you just to kind of watch over it so people aren't t- trying to take too much of it and, you know, there's not enough to go around. You'd be surprised how many people be willing to just be there for you. Okay, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, um, you, you you started writing your book at 12. Yeah. Uh, was When I wrote a book at nine, yeah. it was like, it was on a Basil de Bond pad written on, you know, pen and paper. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a full-length book. So did your book, from the age of 12, did, did you have to bulk it up and, and, and add lots of pages to it? Or was it, did you have the main form of the book there at 12? Um, the storyline kind of changed but it's kind of the same the characters are more or less the same um like their personality the names of them I think I've just added more characters Emily's name I won't tell you what her name was first because it's so embarrassing but Emily Knight that name changed so when I was like maybe 15 I think I changed the name to Emily Knight before that it was like a really random stupid name that only a 12 year old would think of because they're like (laughs) odd and quirky and stuff like that so um the storyline, I guess, just became a bit more solid um, because of all the fantasy that was coming out, especially Harry Potter. 
um, you know, I did have to change a lot of things. And it got to a point where I felt like I was changing it so much, I was actually losing my story. So I was just like, I'm not changing anymore. Like, if someone wants to read it and say, this one was a Harry Potter, then I'll take it as a compliment. Because, <laughs> you know, if you want to be related to any book, that's a book you want to be. So after a while, I had to be like, I'm not changing anymore. Um, because it is difficult, especially with fantasy and everyone has like these powers and can do these supernatural things you know if you see a character on like tv doing that in a show you instantly think oh my gosh I need to change mine but I think you need to just keep the essence of your book regardless to be honest um I think if I had read Hunger Games before I'd released my book I don't know if I would have released my book because when I watched Hunger Games I was like oh my gosh there are so many things that are so similar to my book Mm. So I think if I'd read that, I don't know if I would have released my book, to be honest. That was taking it too far, I think. I want to explore um, your experience with Trafford too, because I I don't know anything about Trafford. But can you just tell me what service they offer and what they did for you? So with Trafford, they have like different packages. There's like a, I guess you want to say a basic package. So they'll do your book for you, give you an ISBN. Um, they do your cover design for you. Um, I think they get it in like the Library of Congress in America. They do like a basic website. And then there are like six packages, I think, with Trafford. And they obviously get more expensive as it goes on. Um, the one I got was like, not the basic, just the one above it. So it was things that I could get like, um, I think I had like 20 copies of the book sent to me for free. Um, there was just little extra things that I was given because of that. But they were doing like this special deal at the time. So if you brought it by a certain time a package, you would get upgraded to the next package for free. So then I got upgraded to the package above that for free. And it was wow. basically like, you know, I just got more copies of the book sent to me. You got I got things like bookmarks and like postcards, just like promotional stuff sent to me as well. Um, there was quite a few things from them I didn't use, like the cover art I obviously didn't use from them stuff like the website you know I had a friend who designs websites she done mine for me so there's quite a few things I didn't really use of theirs um they set up like your social media I already had that sorted out but they were really really good uh their communication was really great I think people need to remember with self-publishing companies um I'm not sure if this is across the board but the ones that I've spoken to they have different people at different different stages so you don't have a constant person that you're talking to and I found that a bit irritating because mm. I felt like I'd be talking to someone and the next thing I'd be, it'd be like, hi, my name's Kathy and I'm your new publishing. And you're like, what? Where's, where's Mike gone? You know, I found it a little bit irritating. And I did express that to them. I said, I just kind of want to talk to one person and get it done. And there's this guy called Evan. And then he just stuck with me for the whole process. I don't know if he was meant to, but he did. <laughs> and he spoke to me on the phone a lot because there's a lot of things I got confused on. And if you are going to publish in america and do self-publishing in america you need to think about stuff like their tax as well i had to go to the embassy the american embassy and i had to get some tax forms done you think about the the fact that there is a currency exchange my bank charges me every time i put in a royalty check it's yeah all these things i didn't think about so yeah probably just stick with uk publishers i think yeah that's that that's interesting actually yeah uh, you know the extra costs involved in that I didn't think uh, about that at all. I just thought it's dollars, so it's cheaper. But overall, <laughs> I don't think... I mean, now the dollar, you know, it's not that much cheaper now, so... There's always a kickback, too, isn't there, on the bank charges, which exactly. always always come to bite you. No, I think you've got hardback books done, didn't you? Yeah, as well. I got hardback, paperback, and ebook done. And they set all up online for me. Um, so it's selling online everywhere. The only issue was, um, when I had signed with Trafford, prior to that, they had an office in Milton Keynes. Uh And so they were able to have a relationship with like gardeners. So then you could possibly get into Waterstones in the bookstore. And unfortunately, by the time I had signed with them, they actually closed down that office. I know. So what happened was I spoke to Waterstones and I sent them my book and they were interested. And they kept saying to me, who's your distributor? And I was like, what do you mean? So I thought, well, aren't I the distributor? So I was like, well, me. And I, you know, I put my address. And then they were like, no, who's the distributor? And I was like, okay, I'm not saying the right thing, obviously. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that means. So I asked Trafford and they were like, oh, you can say so-and-so, blah, blah. So I said that and they were like, who's the UK distributor? And I was like, I don't know what you mean. So I was like, can't I be the UK distributor? And they were like, no, like, 
Where's, where's the warehouse? Honest, honestly, I wish someone would, would talk to me because I didn't know what they were talking about. And then they finally just spoke directly to traffic. I think they realised she doesn't know what she's talking about. And they just explained, like, you know, we shut down our offices, so we actually don't have that. And they were like, oh, okay, so we basically can't stock your book. I was like, oh, oh no. okay, thanks for that. So, yeah. That was interesting. But also, because it's print on demand as well, they wouldn't be able to stock it anyway. They would okay, have, yeah. you know, a stock run of it. So, yeah. And does the hardback sell? I'm, I'm just interested in the hardbacks because it's a lovely thing to hold in your hand and have a copy of, isn't it? Yeah. I just wondered if they, if they sell a lot. No, not really. <laughs> when I to my agent, I took my books with me and she took the paperback and the hardback. And she was just like, why did you get a hardback done? And I was like, I just thought you had to get hard mm. back done I thought that's just the thing to do and um she was like nah it's just a waste of money and I was like oh well thanks right. thanks for that so yeah it doesn't really sell I mean I like the hard back because it just feels nice to hold but I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't bother it's like double the price it's just it's not worth it and also with Chaffin I should add I wasn't really um I didn't really have any form of control over the pricing of the books um and it was based on how much my royal, not sorry, how much percentage I would take from my royalties. So if I decided to take a higher percentage, then the book would be more money. So if I took a like you know a smaller percentage of the royalty, then the book could be like cheaper. Are, are you happy to talk about royalty amounts? Because normally, say if you go on, if you self-publish directly to Amazon, yeah. you're on you're on seventy percent. Oh, yeah. It's generally not- accepted that. <laughs> Well, and, and, well, published authors are generally 10, 15, aren't they? And they've got agent fees to pay. Yeah. So so where, where were you? Were you somewhere in between? I was, well, originally they said to me, you could take 20% from paperback and hardback. And then the book, I can't remember how much the book was going to be, but it was it was so much money. I was like, no way. Like, we're not going to, no one's going to pay that. That's too much money. Especially for the amount of pages it is. That's ridiculous. So I was like, look, I really want it to fit in with what the pricing is in like you know the uk bookstores um so they were like okay if you take 10 percent, the books can be at this price which is the price it is now i still thought it's still a bit more expensive than i would like um but that was like the best i could do with ebooks i think i get 50 or 60 percent i think yeah Yeah. it's not the best deal but this is what happens when you're 23 and you're not (laughs) doing your research properly (laughs) this is what happens so yeah but i just i wasn't too bothered to be honest about the royalties i just wanted my books to be at a price that made sense um to be honest i still want the pricing to be lower and hopefully with this new thing that's happening i'll be able to have it lower but yeah i mean it's a lot but the ebook is like three quid or something like that but let's move let's move into the present then because look you're really posh uh because you, you've got a lit you've got a literary agent i know how fancy so, so what, does, what, what does that mean to those of us you know who are begging on street corners you know what what does that mean i mean a literary agent are basically the the in-between man if you want to say between you and the publishers um so their job is to get you a publishing deal um sell your rights and whatnot they and also hopefully get you a movie deal as well a lot of publishers now to be honest with you are kind of not really needing an agent to be there and a lot of authors can actually directly go and talk to publishers now back then when I was doing it it was it just wasn't the case at all even when I was at the book fair and I went to talk to Harper Collins the first thing they said to me was do you have an agent and this is when I was waiting to hear back from the agent and I said, well, I'm kind of waiting to hear back kind of thing. And they were like, no, if you have an agent, we, we don't care, basically. And even when um, I, I, it's a long story, but I met Collins publishers in a bar that I was working in and they wanted me to pitch to them at the end of my shift. It's a long story. And, wow. yeah, and they were like, <laughs> they were like, we love it. Do you have an agent? Because if you don't have an agent, we can't do anything. And I said, yeah, I do. So that's really good. I think, I think the great thing about, like right now in publishing is we have so much more control as writers and having an agent now to be honest with you is not the be all end all that it used to be and I think that's a great thing I think a lot of publishers are kind of open their eyes and realizing we can just talk directly to the authors we can offer 
so much more opportunities for these authors to publish. And I think as authors, we have all the power now in publishing, I personally think. So have you still got an agent then? I still have an agent, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And 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 what and what sort of things do they bring your way? Well, what they brought my way is I guess they've got my book in front of the big publishers that I would not have had the chance to. So even though Harper Collins, I was the one who spoke to them, it wouldn't have gone further. I didn't have an agent, so my book got in front of them. There's a company called Hotkeys, um, and they they probably seem like the ones that were going to sign my book, um probably the most of everyone and they got my book in front of them unfortunately none of them actually materialized into a contract it didn't actually work out which is unfortunate but that's what my agent has done for me you sound like then you you've self-published in the first instance but you sound like you're you're after that traditional deal um i i like the idea of a traditional deal because i like the fact that you have this team behind you that are pushing for your book. When you self-publish, it is very much a solo adventure. And you can obviously contract people like illustrators and editors to help you out and to get your book in the way you want it to be. But it is all you. All the decisions are yours. Like, all the pressure is on you. And I found my self-publishing journey amazing. I wouldn't change it for anything. But it was difficult. And it was difficult because I didn't know the right people. If I self-published now, I think it would be a million times better than before because I know a lot more people in the industry and I know who to talk to and who to go to to get things done. I think with a traditional deal, I, I love the idea that you just have these people behind you. There are still, there's not loads, but there are still a few companies and people that seem to have this issue with self-publishing for whatever reason and I just find when you have a traditional deal it just opens up different doors to you than self than what self-publishing can the same way if you have an agent it just seems to open up a few more different doors yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah I think we've saved a little bit of exclusive news haven't we for (laughs) for the podcast today so where where are you up to now then where's this taking you to so I've been offered a two-book publishing deal yes which is amazing it might be a three book publishing deal but i'm not sure yet but it's definitely two um i should be getting a proposal within a week or so and we just need to i guess negotiate and see how that works out and then you know we'll get a contract and get things moving i think the interesting thing about this was that i actually found the deal (laughs) myself really oh no (laughs) what's interesting about the whole thing after all that is i end up you're a real fixer aviola you really you really have got that fix it talent you have Uh, it's shocking (laughs) (laughs) it's very shocking and you know they're they're lovely people they they're really enthusiastic about the book and that's what i wanted i didn't care whether i had the biggest publishing company in the world or the tiniest i just wanted a company that loved the book and were really passionate about it because as much as getting signed to HarperCollins is like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You also need to think about the fact they have so many authors. They have so many. And it's like, I'd, I'd obviously love to believe they would give everyone's book the best attention, but you know, you just don't know. And I feel like with these smaller publishers, they're a bit more careful about what they commit to. They're a bit more realistic. And I feel like, they will just give their all to it and these guys are amazing does it does it include book one or do you have to write two new ones no it includes book one so basically sorry basically when i had self-published my first book before i got signed to an agent i was actually in the process of going to self-publish my second book of the Mm. series then i got signed to an agent so i put a pause on it so then i was waiting for a two book deal blah 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 and then with these new publishers they want to republish book one so the cover art will probably change which breaks my heart a little bit but you know <laughs> the cover will probably change yeah but it makes the old cover a collector's edition yeah exactly think so, marketing yeah so giles is going to be like happy he's got his little collector's edition to add on to harry Potter, you know why not and then they will then soon after do book two um i have got a third book that i'm working on as part of the emily knight series um they have said to me that they're interested in the third book but at the moment, they just said they definitely want to do book one and book two. So that's really exciting. 
No, I'm really nosy. Yeah. And just tell, you know, don't just tell me. Don't tell me more than you want to. But is is there money exchanging hands here? Is it is it all exciting? Is it going to put money in the bank up front? Is it what kind of deal is to it? To be honest, at the moment, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I did ask, is there an advance? And we're not sure yet. At the time I asked, <laughs> they, were they put the phone down on you. <laughs> they were doing an appraisal of my manuscript, so they were just reading book two and just seeing the things that maybe work didn't work they thought maybe this is too similar to something else um i think my biggest um uh issue with writing the second book was when you're writing a series each book needs to kind of stand alone by itself and mm-hmm. i think i felt like book two did but i think because they read book two before they read book one there were still things they were like well what does this mean what does that mean that would have made more sense they read book one so they were saying it just needs to like kind of you know stand alone but they gave me like they sent me like the longest email in the world and you know it was it was a it was the loveliest email probably one of the best emails I've received in my life and there were some things they want me to rewrite something certain things they want to change um they're reading book one at the minute so there might be things in that they want to change as well but it is super exciting I'm not gonna lie to you my biggest thing was a bit like oh I'm not sure about this was you know, when you get a traditional deal, they want to buy the rights to your book. So you don't own the rights to your book anymore. Mm. Which, you know, I find that to be a little bit scary. Mm. So I was a bit like, oh, oh, right. <laughs> I just didn't really mm. think about that. And they were like, you know, are you comfortable with that? Because obviously you've done this by yourself for a while. You seem to have your own groove. Are you comfortable selling your rights? And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I, have to really, I have to think about it. And it's funny because I've been wanting to deal forever and then I got one and I was like oh I don't know about this now so it, I had to really think about that but I feel like they will take my book to a higher level than I could by myself well look congratulations that's a it's a fantastic result Thank that's and, I mean blimey from the, the age of 12 <laughs> okay, what a journey <laughs> Well, you deserve it for oh, goodness thank sake. You no, so much. It's not like you're not patient. And, uh, I'm so impressed by you. I'm the most your... impatient person in the world. <laughs> yeah, but you've got a real can-do attitude. Oh, and I, I just think it's so interesting because, um, you know, I think so many people would, would cite lack of budget as, yeah. as a blocking thing. Yeah. And you just jump in over those hurdles. Oh, which thank is, you. Um, so you know, that's fantastic. And it's it's really interesting to know that you've um, you've put this entrepreneurial streak <laughs> into practice by creating the author school with Hannah. I just, I love this idea. When I, when I saw it advertised, I was straight in there. Oh, that's just what I want. In in the UK, this is just what we want. Um, Because, uh, you know, it's a reasonable price. There's brilliant guests there. You know, what's to say no to? Thank you. It's a great idea. Where where did it come from? Me and Helen actually had the same idea around the same time. And, I thought of the author school because I get so many authors emailing me and saying, how do I do this? Or how do I find an illustrator? And they ask me all these questions of things that, you know, I had to find out just by Googling, reading stuff because I didn't know anyone. So I always said to myself, once I get that knowledge, I want to help as many people. So I'd always email back and be like, you know, try this, try that, you know, just give some advice. And then I thought it'd be so good if I could just get everyone in one place and just tell them everything. And they could just go and do it. <laughs> and then I thought, is that a good idea? So, so because Helen does my PR and, you know, sh- she's amazing and she's helped with everything. So I thought, let me just check in with Helen and see what she thinks. I sent her an email. I said, what do you think about this? And she was like, oh, my gosh, shut up. And I was like, what? <laughs> she just said, <laughs> I had this idea and I was telling someone this. That is crazy. So she was telling me, like, her version, which is pretty similar. And she was like, look. You can say no if you want. She goes, do you just want to do this together? And I was like, yes, I do. I don't do this by myself. So then we met up and we had a talk about it. And that's kind of how it happened. And I had um, sent a form into Virgin Startup um, because I wanted to do this author school idea, but it always comes down to money. And I was thinking, how are we going to invest in this? How is this going to happen? And my manager told me about Virgin Startup. And she said, just send in a form. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't get things like funding. People don't give me, like, lots of money to run stuff. So I was like, I'm not going to get this. But I was in such a, I was in a very weird mood at that time. And I just sent it in. I didn't even think about it. I didn't, I didn't talk myself out of it at all. And then I got a message back saying, 
this sounds great. Can we have more information? I gave that in and they said, can you come into our workshop? And I just thought that was a standard thing. I didn't know that from the idea, they already cut people from the process. I just thought standard. So I didn't really think too much about it. Then me and Helen went and only then did I realise that, you know, we actually got selected to come here. It wasn't like, you know, it's a standard thing. And then we got the money from Virgin and then the author school was born. Fantastic. And I just think it's a great idea. Thanks. Um, you know, br- brilliant. And I hope it goes from strength to oh, strength. Thank you so much. It's fantastic. So well, well done on that. Well, well done on the publishing. Thank um, you. We, we haven't, we haven't, I, I, oh, I tell you something I wanted to ask yeah. you when I was, I was dig- digging around like you do before we chatted. Yeah. And you've got, how, I want to know how you've done this. You've got nearly 12 and a half thousand likes oh. on your Facebook page. How did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you know what? The Facebook page is like, it's got a mind of its own, honestly. It just like seems to do its own thing. What I did was I set up my Facebook page because, you know, I Googled it and it said to do that as part of PR. I didn't do anything as an author. I did everything about my book when I first published my book. I literally only started doing any form of social media on myself as an author, probably like September last year. Everything has always been about the book. So I set up the the book fan page and then I got all my friends, as many of them as, you know, who cared enough (laughs) to press the like. And then, you know, they shared it. And then um, I read about things like sponsored ads. So I thought, okay, let's try one. And sponsored ads on Facebook are like amazing because you could do one for a pound and it can reach like a hundred thousand people as long as like the wording is correct and the targeting is good. So I just tried different things tried to get the right images. I usually just look, use my book cover, to be honest. And then I just, like, tried the wording. So I just do things like give a little blurb about what the book is. Sometimes I do, like, a review. And then you can see what works better. Usually just doing the blurb seems to work better than doing, like, a review. And then I would target people, like, books, uh, writing, author. Uh, you know, at the time, especially when Harry Potter was big, I would do Harry Potter, Twilight, you know, whatever's popular time that's in fantasy. And then, you know, people would just like the page and then it just kind of just done its own thing. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. I've, I've been at this a long time. And when I saw that, I thought, well, how's she doing that? I now? don't know. I've, Everyone's like to me, did you like buy them? Like, buy the likes? I'm like, first of all, I don't even know if you could buy likes on Facebook. First of all. Second of all, excuse me, <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. Like, I just, I'll do like a random ad maybe once every few months. Um, and then it just it just does what it does i think i hit 12k i think last week so that was really cool i think the only issue i have with facebook is um when i don't really have content or things to talk about um and sometimes i'll go like weeks and weeks i post anything you know you do see the numbers drop so you do have to be on top of it unfortunately with me i mean as much as it may look like i'm amazing at social media i i can be quite slack with posting things because i just don't have anything to say <laughs> to be honest <laughs> so that's probably the the hardest thing and when you don't have a book that's coming out so you can't really talk too much about that um i found it really difficult so i have to just kind of be inventive and this is why doing things like this interview is great because i could post it on there which is really good just to have some content <laughs> but i noticed when i don't post things for a while you you will see the numbers drop yeah the other thing I spotted while I was skulking around on the internet, uh, checking you out, is that you've got, you bucked the system on Goodreads too. I was having a conversation with an author a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and, and my impression of Goodreads is that they tend to score down with reviews, but you've got a high average review score on Goodreads. Again, so I am shocked. <laughs> how, how did you manage it? Come on, what's the secret? Um, well, a lot of the reviews that came from there was from Helen's PR. Sorry, my cat's trying to walk on the laptop, sorry. Well, so <laughs> Helen's PR, and she got some really great reviewers that would post on Goodreads, and then it would link to Amazon, which was really good. Um, I did a giveaway with Goodreads, because Goodreads, I think when you do a giveaway with them, you can only do it in a certain amount of time from when your book's published. I know it's mm. within the year or two years, something like that, and I think I just made the cut before I wouldn't have been allowed to do it. And so I did a giveaway, and that went really well. So loads of people clicked you know, to read and those kind of things. And yeah, I've, yeah, I've gotten good reviews, which is really nice. And yeah, Goodreads to me has been fine. I don't feel like I use it the best. I don't feel like I'm really as involved in it as I should be. Because there's loads of groups that you can join with Goodreads. 
But um, I do just post things like what books I've been reading, stuff like that. You can post things like your blogs or your vlogs on there, which is really cool. And if you've got any events coming up, you can post that on Goodreads, which is good. And yeah, I think it's really cool. I think everyone should have a Goodreads account. Yeah, you've got loads going on for you at the moment. What, what's what's coming up in the next few months and what are your priorities going to be now? We've got this deal floating around. We've got the author school, which is keeping you busy. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, there's a lot going on. Well, with the deal, so I think I have to rewrite some parts of the second book. So I've got to get on top of that. Um, just, you know, make sure the contract's all solid. Don't think so. You know, I'm not selling my soul or anything bizarre. <laughs> sort all that out. Um, with the author school we're actually launching an online course we're aiming for july because helen every single summer she runs a company called literally pr and they do like a summer media party every i think july they do it and so we decided it'd be good for this year's one we can announce the launch of the online course for the author school so we're working on that that is that is taking a lot of time because you know we're both just like trying to figure it out so that's going to be really exciting to do that. Um, it'll be really good for people just to have the opportunity just to purchase that and work on that in their own time rather than having to come into London and, you know, spend the whole day with us. Um, yeah, we're going to do another author school day. I think we said in September. So that's really good. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just super excited. I think it's going to be a really amazing year. And hopefully, you know, the book just does well when it, you know hasn't has a relaunch of it and just yeah hopefully it just all goes really good well look congratulations it's uh congratulations to the author school i think that's a great idea and congratulations on the publishing deal i mean you know blimey talk about from 12 years old i know (laughs) that's what i call persistence and patience it's a real gritty in there, Abiola. Oh, so, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so congratulations, you deserve it. Thank you. And thanks ever so much for talking to us on the podcast. I've really enjoyed thank it. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for inviting me. I hope I can do this again. It was really fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. If you're new to self-publishing, you might also like to check out selfpublishingacademy.com, the step-by-step guide to getting your manuscript off your hard drive and into print. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.